Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situations shits and conscious and coupling from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu text sex regrets so feeling on your new jubu they gon' talk about it ah yeah you are invited ah needing therapy I guarantee baby we got it it's And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. We're a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Maybe you can hear Mabel clinking her little collar in the background. She be shaking it. You know what I'm saying? She got to <laughs> shake it like a Polaroid picture when she walk around. Let you know that she's on the move. Mm. Oh, dear listeners, I have to tell you this. So I was recording an episode of my podcast, Beginnings on... Uh, just a couple days ago, and literally two minutes before it started, I get an alert from my bank uh, on my uh, on my phone. It's like, did you uh, spend like two hundred dollars at this supermarket in Iowa? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Oh my god! You didn't tell me it was in Iowa. Good yeah. God! Yeah, that's how they that's how they knew. They're like, uh, you don't, don't live in Iowa, do you? I don't think this dipshit that just spent uh, fifty cents. On a parking meter outside of Bed Bath and Beyond on Vine Street uh, <laughs> is now suddenly in Aurora, Illinois, or whatever. But then, but it had to have been in paying for parking that these people got like your info or something. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. How, if, where did someone get the card? I don't know. Like, 
90% of the places that we, you know, submit our credit cards to online are not actually secure. Yes, so yes, I think yes. maybe probably yeah, a lot of them. options. Yeah. 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 Definitely a lot of options. Ooh, maybe like, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the cat toy I bought on Instagram, you know, maybe that. Oh God. Yes. You made a purchase on Instagram. Yeah. People know all your information now, Andy. I didn't know you got it off of Instagram. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> there was a cat toy advertised. It's like, are your cats depressed? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I just want things to be good for Squee and Prem. So I I'm know. like, I will buy this this scratchy toy <laughs> that they do not like. They're not interested. They're not interested. So maybe that's how people got it. I don't know. And <laughs> but thank God for the alert, because then Andy yes. had to shut it down. But well, it was just funny because weren't you like my guests came yeah, on the screen? I'm like, hey, can you guys hold on one second? I have to call my bank. My credit card was just stolen. Oh my God! Very in a very way understanding guests. Also, yeah, great way to start a combo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're already running on the momentum. They're sure. like, oh my God, are you okay, sweetie? Mm. And then you're like, tell me about your earliest creative memories. <laughs> and that's how you get it. In the beginnings. Naomi, before we get into the episode. I don't think we have time to play this whole thing. I just want to play a clip because this person has already called in with an update already. I love updates. Do you remember in Sashir's episode that someone called and they're like, how do I date in New York? Right. And then they called in with an update that they had met their Uber driver. Right. And they were like, yes. now we're like kind of hanging out. Yes. Uh, now we have an update from that update. Yes. And I just want to play this excerpt. Here we go. Right now I have met an amazing person who I didn't know at the time was like pretty great uh he's a bartender and i met him because <laughs> i realized that that uber driver guy was crazy and he told me that he wasn't really black uh even though he was black like me uh just for just for clarity i am a person of color um <laughs> and anyway so it was just like uh i think thank you guys so much for your amazing advice naomi you do you did speak into the universe because i literally the day that I decided to, oh, the day that I cussed him out very respectfully uh, about, you know, race relations, I let him know that uh, I never wanted to talk to him again. And the bartender there, um, or one of the off-duty bartenders, uh, started talking to me. And now, I hope you guys play this in two weeks, because I told him that if in two weeks we are still uh, a thing, then I would show him the podcast. So I just don't want him to think I'm an insane person that takes advice from strangers on the internet. But so far, your advice is working out for me. So thank you again. Mm. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you dropped the Uber driver. Now you've met someone else who's cool. Honestly, this is what I'm saying. Dating in New York seems pretty easy because you're just <laughs> out here and it's happening for you. You're like, there's this uh, improv form called the LaRonde <laughs> where two people do a scene together and then one of the person in that duo does a scene with someone else and then that new person does a scene with someone else and it just keeps going around like that yeah you're doing a dating laurent a dating laurent dating laurent whoever was just around at right. when you cussed out the uber driver i love for... that respectfully. respectfully respectfully cussed out and i said there's no other way to do it for being <laughs> racially ashamed i suppose it's like what was going on with him Oh Lord! Yeah. Thank God that's you a, shut that down. Yeah, that's a that's a hornet's nest. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, um, Naomi. We haven't talked about this in a while, but uh, I, I like to. Uh, if if you like supporting the show, dear of listeners, course, of course, you know uh, a very easy way to do it. If you're bored at work, if you're just sitting uh, and you're like 
in between Candy Crush. You just used up yeah. all your lives on Candy Crush. Right, and you got to kill some time. Kill some you're time. scrolling through. You realize your new episode of the True Crime Podcast hasn't dropped. What do you do? You can rate and review the show. Yes, the rates and reviews, it helps us show up in searches. It lets people know that we ain't trash, and it is very helpful. So, obviously, we are asking for five-star reviews. I don't yeah. need you. If you have something to say... If you have a problem, you can email CouplesTherapyPod at Gmail. Don't be coming up here on Apple with your attitude, okay? <laughs> you don't have to fight in front of everybody. You can come talk to me privately. Yeah, we did start a deficit because of a bunch of YouTubers, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we're, to... <laughs> we, I think we've risen past it over the years. Yeah. I don't think we ever talked about that, but maybe... Oh, yeah, we maybe did. Maybe we will in the future. In the early days, oh, but we'll we? come back. Yeah. yeah, for new listeners, I yes. think now... Uh, and if you do have a couple of bucks, we do have a Patreon that, do. that supports most of the show. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes that are just me and Andy talking about life, love, and the pursuit of nappiness. And <laughs> we'll, also, we'll also be doing a couple uh, uh, just page-only advice episodes. Yeah, coming, so, so. It, we're, we're answering questions just from people in the Patreon crew. So you have that option, too, if you become a member of the Patreon for just yeah. $5 a month at patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Can I please stop plugging us and start yeah. plugging our guests? I know. It always makes me feel gross. It feels sick. But then I'm like, it doesn't really help the show. We have a dream guest. Yes. Okay. Someone that Andy and I simply adore on screen. And now to talk to him off screen. This is the truth, the light, and the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and I am talking about Mr. Harvey Guillen, honey. Hello. You, you know Harvey from his work on What We Do in the Shadows. Perhaps mm -hmm. you've seen him on Reacher on Amazon. Have you heard him on Human Resources on Netflix? Because that just dropped. The point is, Harvey is booked, busy, blessed. And he is a kind, kind soul. So, without any further ado, roll it. <laughs> And that's really the energy you give to me, Harvey, as someone uh, who's never met you, okay? I think <laughs> of you as a calming, grounding force in this world. <laughs> Would that be accurate to say? Or are you a ball of anxiety like everyone else? Um, I don't know. I think, no, I, I like that first definition. I, I just I just stopped, you know, trying to be, you know, a mold like a long time ago. So I'm just myself. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, and if it helps, it helps. And if it doesn't, then move on to the next thing. <laughs> Wow, that's healthy. That's mm -hmm. healthy. Yeah, that seems <laughs> healthier than us. Uh, for someone, were you raised in Orange County? Is that true? I was born in Orange County. Uh, and whenever I say that, people are like, oh, yeah, like Laguna. I was like, no, 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 in Santa Ana, the other side of the track. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. No, 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 no. Um, and I was born and raised until I was about six. And then I moved. Uh, my dad's construction company kind of moved all over. So I kind of lived everywhere. I was like a, like a vaudeville kid. I lived <laughs> spent a year in Esperia. And a, a year in Las Vegas and a year, like we moved everywhere. And it was like, everywhere you went was like a new, a new circus, you know, and you're like yeah. you friends and you like, I think that's become, I, I became a performer because I love making people laugh, but also I really do like the the actual, I, I think I was like in a, like a traveling vaudeville, like, you know, act before or something. I always wanted a stage mom. Like I wanted my mom to push me. <laughs> and like, I, like I wanted her to take me to audition. She was like, no, that's local. And I was like, please. <laughs> and just like, don't you think I should like really practice really hard on my tap? And it's like, no. And it's like, <laughs> I, I would have been like any Hollywood stage mom's like dream child. And right. um, you can never blame the parent. It was my fault. I wanted it. <laughs> But then, like, obviously now, you know, you're working, you know, you're successful. Were you, 
how do you, what do your parents think of it now? You know, back when you were like, come on now, we, we have a plan. And then being like, sit your ass down. It's, uh, it's funny. Cause I literally, I remember to, I, I wanted to become an actor. I was like five and I was watching like Annie and I, I, I fell in love with the idea of these like kids who were like in rags and poor. Yes. And I was like, I, I'm poor. Like I was like, wait, <laughs> uh, and they're on TV. And I was like, I thought it was a movie because we didn't got money for going to theaters. Like we did theater was like a luxury, like going to the movies. Yeah, and that was a luxury. Um, we, we didn't do that. And so I thought it was a TV show and it was just playing Annie over the winter break. And I remember looking at Annie and looking at my mom. I, I want to be that mom when I grow up. I want to be an orphan. <laughs> and she looked at me weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it was oh. just that. That's how it grew. And she was like, no, yeah. so, she said that's that's for rich kids. Oh. And I was like, for rich kids, well, you got to be rich to play poor. On television. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, actually, she knew. Your you mama do. Knew. Uh-huh. And she said. I, I got really just dis- like disappointed. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't do it. So no, I said, you can't do it. I said, it's just going to take, you know, if, if that's what you want, you can anything, anything you want is possible. Nothing can get in your way, but it's not going to come easy. And I was just like, so from that day on, I was like, fine, then I'm going to do it. And yeah. kind of really kind of threw myself into it. I, I remember there was a fellow thespian at school. She, we wanted to be on Disney channel. We were like, Oh my yeah. God, we practiced the little, Yes. You know, you're watching Disney Channel. Uh, (laughs) And she said, they're doing a drama class at the community like center or something. And I was like, whoa, drama. It was an improv class. And I was like, we have to go. And she asked her mom for the money, which is like twelve dollars and fifty cents. She gave her 20. I asked my mom for money and she was like, that's local. Like, it's just like, we're not giving you money to go and like play around. Uh, So I said, if I get the money, can I do it? She goes, if you get the money, you can do whatever you want. And I said, I'm six years old. This is good. This is a good idea. Good job, Harvey. Um, and I was walking home from school and I was with her and there was this guy going through a trash can. And I said, mom, what is he doing? That's so gross. And he's like, oh, vende los botes. I was like, los botes? You, you make money from cans? She goes, yeah, you can recycle them. So I ran into her closet and got a wire hanger and I hooked into a long little finger, went and got a food for less plastic bag out of the kitchen, like covered and went through trash cans to collect enough uh, trash to pay for my for my dream. <laughs> OK, this is a beautiful story. This is a beautiful story. This is the memoir. And you this yeah. is heartwarming. You took your Chapter first one. UCB class. <laughs> yeah. And I always I mean, I'm glad it was an improv that I fell in love with. And the, the class was really divided, like between like six and like nine-year-olds and there was like it was babysitting you know six to nine-year-olds they were babysitting us and and the older kids got to do like little scenes and monologues and stuff um but with the little kids got to do improv that's what they got to do because it's easy you just like you run around they're like now you're a lion and we're like i'm a lion now you're a bear you know uh and i just remember the crackle of like making people laugh live and when the class was over they're like thanks so much you guys remember ask your parents to sign you up for next month you know and i was like Oh my God. I was like, do I want to do this all over again? It took me a month to raise the money to get that one class. And I was like, do I want to go through trash cans again and all that? And then I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And I did it. I kept doing it. (laughs) By the way, easy. I'm sorry. Tell that to uh, the people who were judging me when I auditioned for Harold Knight in New York at UCB. <laughs> right. Yeah, wasn't easy at all. Not easy at Improv all. Improv a nightmare. To do in front yeah. of three people <laughs> judging you. And, yeah. Uh, and you're only in the second level. But I mean, to do it, start when you're early though is right though. So Andy and I met at UCB doing improv. and uh, But I'm a stand-up now. Like I went to UCB and then I was like, oh wait, I don't trust these other people in this scene. <laughs> I discover I need to be doing stand-up instead. We, I trust myself. I want to be in charge of my own. <laughs> we know some people in common. Uh, oh, who? Josh Rubin. Oh, uh, yeah. Our friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, directed you. Yeah, uh, he directed uh, Werewolves Within. He actually gave me a call. Uh, it was like that January before 
the pandemic happened and uh he was like he sold me on it because i was like i don't know it's just like uh, the idea of i was like werewolf and like i was like the genre that i'm already doing is kind of like a you know uh horror comedy so i was like oh, i don't want to do another you know i'm going to be known as the horror comedy guy you know and then he sold me on the story he's like no it's this and this and your character and and i was like you really have a vision like he really was clear about his vision which is sometimes scary because when you're on stage you have to trust the other person's vision is like i don't trust these people you know uh so when i heard him say what you know uh he was promising and he delivered and he did it uh, you know went above and beyond and it was uh one of the best experience like i you know michaela watkins you know yes, uh, Sam, like Sam. everyone in that cast i was like how did you rally this amazing cast and that's you know another deciding factor i was like wow you really you know know how to like put together a cast and uh, it was one of the best experiences we didn't know we were about to go into a pandemic actually we shot that up until the day they shot you know they everything shut down oh, like wow. we were in the middle of the catskills up in upstate new york and we didn't have uh, internet and we didn't have tv in our cabins we were actually staying in cabins and so we were like do 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 living our lives we're like no this is nice like you know we're not like locked into our phones we're not like seeing what's going on in the outside world and like looking back i was like wow we were so naive and like people were <laughs> whispering like you know the crew was like i think there's something going on like and i was like yeah yeah sure <laughs> and like someone's getting sick you know um it's like a and disaster then film. To, yeah and i got to the airport and it was like everyone was wearing masks. And I was like, what's going on? And then I got to LA and the freeways were empty, which I've never seen in my life living here. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and then like, then I got home, saw my family, had dinner with a friend and it was eerie at dinner. Like we were both so naive. He was an actor as well. And he was just like, I just got back two days ago. What's going on? And I was like, I know it's because, you know, what's happening. And then it was like the next day, California just like shut down. And I was like, oh my God, I should have stayed in the Catskills. We were I, I was just thinking here. the Catskills <laughs> is where you want to be. And a yeah. pandemic just like, oh, you're like, I am socially distanced naturally. Naturally. Because I'm in a mountain. <laughs> Wait a second. I got a question. So how you, you moved around a lot when you were younger, right? You yeah. said like after the age of six, like how often were you moving around? Pretty much like every year for a while. Like, uh, so I, I made a joke out of it. I feel like a, an old GI or something. Like I go to from like, you know, from city to city, I make friends with the locals and then I go to the next school and the other school that I just left would send me pen pal letters. So I'd be like getting gifts and I'd be like, Oh, Cindy's doing, she got her cat. That's fantastic. Like cookies would be sent like, you know, and I would read my, my, my letters from all like the friends of my journey. And like, uh, but we happened for a while. I remember like there was a like, Las Vegas, Esperia, Victorville, El Monte, Rosemead, uh, San Gabriel. Uh, yeah, that was like <laughs> that was like six years of travel, like nonstop. Okay, until yeah. I got into like about, uh, it's probably like junior high when like I was kind of like, I don't want to move anymore, you know, because you, like, you start feeling like you want to <laughs> put some roots down, you know? <laughs> sure. And I was just like, I miss my friends. Um, weirdly enough, some of the friends that I had made in one of the schools in third grade, I moved away for another couple, like three years. I came back to that city. Uh, we actually, not that city, that city adjacent, but I wanted to go back to that neighborhood. So my parents actually enrolled me in school in that district with the fake address because I missed my friend so much. And I was like, I miss him so much. And I was like, I need to take the bus like at five in the morning, uh, like, you know, oh the public God. transportation bus to get to school because I was living in, Ro in El Monte and, and the school was in Rosemead, which is like two cities over, not too, too far, but it was still like an extra hour and a half of commute just because you, you know, you're not driving, your parents are not going to drive that to go to work. Right, right. Um, so I was just like, I remember doing that for a while. And then as luck would have it, uh, one summer in Monte, our house burned down as luck would have it. As luck would have it. Which is very terrifying too. Like I remember going home. Oh, by the way, at this point, it's junior high, and I'm selling chocolates door to door to this 
crook of a man who pick up like uh, uh, uh you know underage kids basically because uh he calls it California. I don't want to say the name because I don't even credit. Yeah, of course, of there. course. Um, but like he would put flyers in neighborhoods and low-income neighborhoods. It's like, want to make money? Are you between the ages of 13 to 16? Because he knew what? that at 16 you could probably go get a job somewhere yeah, for real. Yeah. And so he's like, I can get that window of opportunity and kids want to make money. Uh so he would buy like these chocolate bo- or chocolate boxes, the 99 cent store for a dollar. And we sell them for five. He give us a dollar twenty five, and he keep the rest, oh which is not even like a great. I was like, you I, what? I was like, I this, I, and I, and I was like, what? He had a van, you know, as most uh, successful businessmen do. Um, <laughs> You're, and, but by the way, hold on. <laughs> a guy goes hires children, has a van. <laughs> also, your <laughs> your house burned down. There's like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting pieces together of yes. this person. Yes, yeah. It's I, this I, all I, happened. It also, by the way, this happened like in the same year. Like it was like the same year. Oh, like I remember. So I was. Uh, I have convinced my mom that I wanted to work with this man. I think of that at that at that year. I wasn't even. I would think it was twelve, not even thirteen. So I lied about my age so I can go work with this man, and because he had to like say, "Oh, are you thirteen? You have to be 13. I was like, "Really?" Because that's the requirement. You're not going to get anyone who's like twelve. But he looked at me. He's like, "Are you 13? He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, you look 13. And I was like, "Thank you." Like he was just looking <laughs> oh, at me like, "Wow." Rigorous. And, and my mom had to like sign off on it. Like he came to the, like totally charmed her. And oh, even though I knew like I had this feeling like this guy's like such a sleeve, you know, uh, but I need to work with him. And then you get in this van, he puts you all in the van and all these kids have been like to juvie, like no one else gave him a job. So these kids were like, some of them were tatted and they're like 14, 15. And there were um, some of them in gangs and they're like, this is like what they're just doing because no one else will hire them based on appearance alone. Like they were just like, you know, tatted and like whatever. And here I am like 12 year with a box. I'm like, hey, everyone, you know. <laughs> I'm getting money for improv. I need money for improv. And then um, I became his bestseller because I was using it as a sketch. I would go door to door and do a character and be like, hi, my name. And I changed my name and like everything. And I had a whole spiel and I'm trying to raise money with blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then uh, one summer we, we were out and selling all day and he drops you off back at home in the van. So we came back home and there was like smoke in the street. I was like, oh my God, what happened? And he pulls up and my house is burned. And he he leaves me there, and I'm like, oh my god! And like he's like, oh my god, see ya, and like leaves me there, and I'm left with like my earnings, like my money, and my house is burnt. I'm like, I start like screaming, like my family, I can't find them. I I assume they're dead, and I run to the house. I'm like, and the fireman's like, do you live here? Do you live here? And I was like, yes. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? Where's my brothers? Where's my sister? And they're like, someone's gonna talk to you, okay? Oh, someone is going to talk to you. And I'm like, no, like I'm crying, hysterical. They're like, someone's going to, it's going to be okay. Okay. We're going to help you. It's going to be okay. And like, no one's telling me otherwise I, they take me aside for like 40 minutes. I'm like hysterical crying. I think my family's dead. Um, I'm just like emotionally like trembling. I'm an orphan. I, I'm literally Annie right now. Like, you right, know, but like it's not <laughs> fabulous. Okay. Not you're fabulous. not singing. You're not no, dancing. I'm not singing. I'm not dog. dancing. And then um, I'm, I'm crying. And then I think I hear in the back of my head, I, st- I think I'm hallucinating. I think that I hear like my dad's voice and I'm like, Oh my God, I can hear him. He's talking to me. I can hear him. And then it's just like, it gets louder and louder and louder. And he just says my name and I turn around and there he is way in the back of this like property with the rest of my family. They have been kept over there. No one bothers to tell me that my family's okay. They kept us separated and I'm just run to them and I'm like crying. And I was like, Oh my God. And it was just like, Someone had played, it was summertime. So someone was playing with the smoke ball and they played and they threw a smoke ball and they're like in the neighborhood that we lived, there was tons of fireworks, illegal fireworks all the time. Mm-hmm. And there was dry bush on the top of the house and it caught on fire. And so the roof completely gave in. 
everyone made it safely mm-hmm. but that was the most like ter- terrifying like 40 minutes of my life. i mean absolutely that's also like i don't understand why they kept y'all separated it's like it they was, knew someone knew, like they knew your the family was over there yeah and they were like, or someone sitting- didn't tell this guy who's like the people were running in people were like you know hoses and running around so no one was like really kind of taking like who's delegating here <laughs> what information to give to who it was just like chaos like running around and eventually uh it was just like listening to my dad's voice was like oh my god i turned around and they were there so that was uh that summer so we moved a lot and after that as luck would have it because our house burned down uh we moved back to rosemead so that was the area that i was going to school so it took a burnt house to get to go back to him. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Andrew's unpacking this. No, this no, is- no. Cause I, I was thinking about like, if you're moving around a lot, then this is like still pre-internet a little bit. I mean, the internet's there, but it's not like the way it is now. Like, I don't think I like knew people's email addresses until, um, college. college. I know because they were mean, not even, I mean, you're a little bit younger than us, but still it was like, you still wouldn't have been like, oh, yeah, yeah. email me. Like, I, I mean, I, think I picked my first email address was like my friend was like, just pick something like your name. I was like, no. And at the time I was really into Hairspray, the musical. <laughs> sure. So I was like, Hairspray, uh, Hairspray Hob. <laughs> John Waters 72. Yeah. AOL.com. <laughs> but like, I'm wondering, like, how do you like you know, besides the the packet of pen pal letters that you would get every <laughs> once in a while, how do you stay in touch with people? How do you like, do you like, are there any friendships that still endure from those days? It's yeah. Also, yes. You said still endure. Yeah. Uh, I became my best friend uh, in third grade. Tan Hui Bui, uh, <laughs> which I always say his full name. Uh, was my best name. friend in, in third grade <laughs> into fourth grade. Then when I moved away and I came back to junior high, he was at that junior high. And so was my other friend, Romy, uh, who were my best friends. And and then in junior high was like a weird moment because they came, I came back to school and I was a little bit late and they had changed. Like I was still like playing with like Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And they were, I remember I was making fun of Romy because she had like uh, uh, eyeliner on her lip and she became like Chola and she became, she, like, she became like she moves her hair yeah. and she like she totally looked different her eyebrows were non-existing yeah yeah yeah. On. She did little, and, yeah yep yeah and I just I was like Ro- Romy <laughs> what happened to you she was like hey what's up like it was just like everyone was cool and they were like going, trying to find themselves and I was still like so are we still like gonna play a tag after school <laughs> Uh, I was just like a, a late bloomer. And then it was just like, okay, but we, we were still friends. It was like being friends with like them while they're going through that, being friends with T- Tyler. And he was in like his like group of like really smart, nerdy, like, you know, dungeon, like, you know, all these like guys who were like the leading, like intelligent kids in school. And then there was like the Chola girls. <laughs> and I was best friends with two groups <laughs> just in the middle. I was a theater kid who people forgave and I like kind of hovered around because yeah. when you're a theater kid, everyone, everyone likes to hang out with someone who's just loud and obnoxious. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and I stayed friends with them. I stayed all through junior high all through high school. And it was funny because in high school, Romy ended up doing uh, my makeup for uh, a production we were doing. And my other friend, Adriana, that I met in junior high, who I became friends with and stayed friends all through high school as well, did my hair because, you know, I don't know to do none of that. Uh, And then uh, cut two years later, you know, I became an actor. Romy became a makeup like uh, artist and Adriana became a hairstylist. And they do my hair and makeup now for... Uh, award shows or for uh, events and stuff, anything I have to do, I always, that's the first call they make. Oh, 
I love that. That is so heartwarming. And we also are really happy that Romy got out of those drawn on eyebrows. Yeah, right? okay. we have pictures and she's still like, I can't believe because now she's like pixie haircut. Cute, you know, cute. <laughs> uh, but I remember those pictures because it was the thing to do, especially in the neighborhood that we lived in. It was like no one smiled in the pictures. You know, they had like those mm -hmm. pillars, like the white pillars, like yep. or columns and they like go back to back and they're yep. just like. Mm -hmm. like yeah, chola, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and i was like what and, and no one wanted to take pictures with me because i was like <laughs> <laughs> like smiley and they're like we don't smile it's not cool to smile and i was like yeah me neither i don't yeah. know i can picture it morrissey <laughs> playing in the background morrissey. yeah yeah <laughs> but okay now but how did that because you know couples therapy honey these people we're going to be answering people's questions okay they're yeah. coming to us needing just help with friendships yeah. relationships you know when Given that you, you know, you kind of started, as you said, you always like to make friends and make people laugh. So I get that you were traveling town to town, but you were giving them that razzle dazzle, which is why they were writing you long after you left. Okay. Right. They were obsessed. <laughs> but now were you, you know, when it came to dating and crushes and those kind of things, um, did you have that same confidence in razzle dazzle or were you shy? Because you said you were no, late. I, you were about I don't know how late. I, I was very shy. I think I still am shy. Like, I'm so oblivious. If someone's flirting with me, I never assume someone's flirting. And then when I do assume they're flirting with me, they're not flirting. You know, <laughs> and it's just like, great. I'm good at this. This is fantastic. Um, but I, at that point, I was like, if what is meant to be is meant to be. You know, uh, when I was little, I remember, um, oh, I don't think I've ever said this story. Uh, but when I was little, I remember that I had a crush on someone and they, um, I, we literally would hang out all the time and like, we're like, pretty inseparable and I was like this is like do we and it was like but we couldn't say it out loud we weren't like ready to say uh and then that person was like oh yeah I'm gonna ask uh you know uh, Annie to the dance or something and I was like oh that's yeah okay yeah cool and it's like yeah and I was like, okay. And it was just like, I just remember feeling like this, like gut, like I was like, just say it. And I just like, no. And it was just like, we we both wouldn't say it. And it would be like years later that we talked about it, but it was like, we weren't ready to like be yeah, that honest sure. about uh, who we are, our sexuality. And it was just like so heartbreaking because we could have had so much like fun because we did everything, but actually say, you know what I mean? I'm not, not everything, but like <laughs> what I consider to be. What I consider to be like a, a romantic, you know, relationship where it's like we go to the movies, we go at the mall, we do everything you do with someone except for like intercourse, you know, <laughs> and it was just like, and that's kind of what the relationship, you know, intercourse is like, of course, affection and, and that, but you can get that. That's like the last spot, you know, like the last mm -hmm. spot of like, yeah, we're definitely like together. And for me, it was a connection. Like I was like, this connection is like such a great connection. And it wasn't until years later that it was like, oh yeah, I was like, it was so weird because we weren't ready to. And also we, even if we were ready, we probably would have never done anything physical. We were not ready at that point. Like we were not doing, I was, I'm, I'm still playing with Power Rangers at that point, you know? Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. By the way, the gritted teeth of repression. I understand that. Feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like the, th like the, the thing you want to say is like right behind your yep. yeah. teeth. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, I, if I just... If I just grind them down, <laughs> I can keep this inside me. It was, it was insane. And then now and cut to like, you know, years later where, um, you know, I was doing this production a couple of years ago of, of so many movie in Alabama. And um, I was just talking to one of the co-stars and they were like really nice, friendly. And this one day they're like, let's hang out because it's your birthday this week. I was like, okay. And I was like, is he like trying to, and I was like, yeah. And it's like, so we're going to hang out, you and me. And I was like, okay. And then it was like, we're hanging out all together as a group. And then he like basically said to everyone, I was like, okay, it's, we're going to hang out. Like it's RV and I going to hang out. Time. And I was like, Oh wow. I was like, Oh my God, are they like 
in on this? Like, do they know yeah. that like, we're, oh, wait, what's going on? And I was like, I thought it was like, oh, so he wants to, you know, be intimate and alone or whatnot. And he basically, they were planning a surprise party. So everyone exited <laughs> to go get like stuff like balloons and everything. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, okay, I guess go, go for it. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for it. And then it's like, and then it was like, whoa, no, it was surprise. <laughs> oh no. That's like, a so movie it was like I, I, yeah. I'm bad at this. I cannot read cute. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. also in your defense. Okay. In your defense, someone being like, this is our time everyone leave you're yeah. not wrong yeah. you're not wrong exactly so it was like the setup was like the plan sounds great and their heads was like and then at one point everyone leaves go get the you know and like and i'll say it's our time like to hang out we're gonna hang out when i went like that's what the plan was and which was how i fleshed out but the way it looked to me i was like oh wow <laughs> never thinking that was like surprise coming which i, I still got a surprise <laughs> yeah right. yeah but i mean that's like a comedy movie like you walk out just in a pair of like edible boxers or something <laughs> like that it's just like yeah exactly (laughs) and then you're stuck with like edible box you're like oh man i'm Uh, eating my own shorts you know know what it's a fashion choice (laughs) yeah i chose this you know it's all the rage in paris right now (laughs) (laughs) but you know now that you are you know known and recognizable has that changed even though you're saying you're like you can't read the cues, but does it, is that changing the way people approach you? Like basically, are people coming out here being like, "Hey, yeah, I get I get a lot more attention now. Uh, sometimes even from people that I've known for a while, and then it's like, "Hey, we should definitely hang out." And it's like, yeah, Los Angeles. Okay, I was like, I've been here for like a while, like just now, and it's like, no, like, but now it's like, uh, and it's it's weird to like maneuver through those waters because. You never want to go out with someone who likes you for the wrong reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or for like the status or height or whatever. Uh, so I'm really good at trying to filter, but I've gotten really good at just going through people and like seeing if they're genuine. You know, I might not pick up on cues, but I can tell when someone's being genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, uh, I'm a really good um, judge of character when it comes to that. And I can really call it out. I think I've had a couple of times where I like from the get go, I was like, nah, this is, I, I see what's happening. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, like we should definitely you know walk you know i don't know some like a carpet or something it's just like <laughs> yeah yeah because that's what that's where my mind goes exactly. my mind goes to a first date we should definitely you know uh so i'm really good at reading that and it's hard because it's like yeah because people recognize you like now but it's also like i i rather they didn't because uh, i was <laughs> i was living in toronto and i started talking to somebody who doesn't watch tv or film <laughs> which is perfect uh because uh when we started talking and hanging out and we we're like hanging out for like couple of months and we're walking on the street also they were like oh what do you do and i was like which is i didn't lie i said i'm a writer which i do write and i write and like make projects and stuff so i said i'm a writer which i didn't like but i wasn't there for writing i was there for acting but i was like yeah i'm a writer and and i do other stuff you know i was like oh so he just thought oh he's an artist probably like <laughs> you know floating around uh and it worked and so for like the first you know two months we were like you know, we didn't really talk about work as much we were just actually just getting to know each other and we're walking on the street and it was a really nice like summer day to do just having a great time. I was like, this is a great date. This is fantastic. We're just talking and this car pulled over and there's this lady and she goes, excuse me. And I thought I was like, oh, she's going to ask, you know, or something. I don't live here. I'm not from Toronto. And I was like, oh, I don't live here. I'm sorry. She's like, no, are you, are you Guillermo? No. And, like, and he's like, no, his name's Harvey. <laughs> and I was like, um, uh, and she was like, I love you. And I, I love him. And he looked at me like, what is this lady talking about? And I just felt like, 
I don't know, <laughs> just like a total like fraud, like taking off like yeah. the yeah. princess of Agrabah and Aladdin. It's like yeah. I wanted to tell you know, or like Ariel and <laughs> the Little Mermaid. It's like Ariel. Eric, I wanted to, no, you're too late, you know, <laughs> Ursula crawling out, but like, I just remember feeling so like, no, and he was like, what's going on, and then I was like, I, I, so here's the thing, I am a writer, and I also act, and I, and I, I couldn't believe that I got away with it for so long, but it was like the best two months of like genuine, like getting to know each other, but I guess you really weren't genuine if you can't be yeah. honest with the person but it was nice because they weren't talking about work they weren't talking about like their favorite episode you know or like their right. favorite thing so it was nice to like meet with someone one-on-one and it didn't matter what I did as a profession right now they as time goes by it's gonna be less and less of that yeah <laughs> yeah they weren't asking for your IMDB star meter rating or yeah <laughs> but like but if if he didn't have he wasn't into film and tv why did you still Withhold it because it's not like he would have been like. Were you worried that then he would like go home and watch the show? Yes, I was worried that like, and then I didn't want to say it. And then also he didn't pry. Like he was like he left it at that. So I was like, oh, and I was like, great because I I, I could have answered if the, he had more questions about it. But I already was like, no, that's cool. If, like we're not gonna, you know, we don't need to go into like work. This isn't about work. Mm-hmm. We're like we're just gonna be people, uh, which was nice. So a part of me was like, hey, I'm gonna well, see how long this lasts. And so like a week went by. I was like, well, eventually he's gonna like you know no. And like more time went by, more time went by. And I was like, oh my god, like it's actually working but then by that i was like oh, it's gonna come out eventually you know and yeah. good thing i was walking on the street in Toronto. <laughs> that's a good time for it to happen though wait why is that better in public rather than like like they're like flipping channels and they see, I see jack I see. reacher they like they're like yes, you know what yes. i have, yeah you know, what harvey talks about tv i'm gonna check out this tv thing <laughs> no, <laughs> what actually that didn't happen after we had a conversation uh, it was recently because, like I said, they don't watch a lot of TV and whatnot. They were at a bar and on the TV, they're playing something. And I think my Geico commercial came on and it was like, are you in a Geico commercial? <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. But like, especially because like you're ubiquitous now. And so the idea that you would have even kept this off like this person, I need to know what they're doing with themselves that they haven't I mean because I mean I mean we're talking I mean I don't have to tell you your IMDB but I was looking and I was like oh my god I think I see like everything Harvey has done in the last four years <laughs> that I'm like so what this person just like read books let, no, let me see if I can th- this person they have like a Victrola they don't even have like a record player it's that that old school it's like that kind of hipster person who like I don't have um no I, it's not even like um they're very woodsy they're very like they spend okay, like out- yeah they're very outdoorsy and woodsy they don't uh like uh yeah like they spend a lot of time they actually uh work for uh, a campground that like oh, you know okay. that's basically uh, so so they don't have the internet yeah, or the yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. as much, and they don't need it because they're like, I'm in nature. I'm in, like, I'm enjoying oh, yeah. life and I love it. Uh, and I find I was like, wow, what a great, you know, like combination. Cause that's like, a, 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 like someone that I usually don't meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I usually meet hipsters, you know, yeah, and I yeah. usually, like, uh, you know, but uh, it was nice to like meet someone on a different level that it's like yeah. nothing to do with the industry and nothing yeah. that cares not about like your resume or IMDb. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice. Um, still still friends you know and still talking i mean i don't live there so it was a kind of like a, it's not going to work out that great but uh good to have someone who like you can have a connection with yes. you know that uh, outside do, but, of all this stuff yes yes, yes, yes someone who has chopped wood more than once yes yeah someone I'm who imagining. could also like somebody who can get through the apocalypse you want to have that apocalypse friend. yeah you know, I think like, i'm gonna go stay with you when it pops yeah. off because you know how to yeah. survive yeah, oh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. 
Yeah, we were watching Train to Busan last night, which is like that uh, a Korean zombie film that takes place on a train. And we we're just like, how long would we last in one of those things? We have no actual skills. I have no skills. I would not make it. I think I'd be gone. In the, the thing is, though, you know why I might initially make it is because I don't trust nobody. So you wouldn't get close to me to like bite me. You yeah. Know what I'm yeah. But I wouldn't actually be able to like survive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't know how yeah, to like, like get you give it you give it your all, but eventually it'd be like, I'm not gonna outrun these zombies. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd have my inhaler. I'd be like, yeah. I can't make it. I've gotta <laughs> take a puff and then I'm I'm done. Well, I just yeah. don't know where we would get food. Exactly. Like, there's a supermarket like a couple blocks from there, but do you think it would be anyway? I don't know. Yes, we've thought about my, this. Do you not think about plan. do you not think about your zombie survival plan? Harvey? I did. I think I've, I thought about it a lot these last two years. Like I, was exactly. just like, like, I was just like, what would happen? And like, if this is, and then you start watching like you're down rabbit hole, like watching, you know, every movie that has to do with any kind of like pandemic or zombie, you know, just like, Oh, it's kind of really similar. It's like, <laughs> it's like if one, well, you know, one person just conti- you know contaminates another person. Like it's like, Oh gosh, no. And what's that movie with Kate Winslet? Is it? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, is it called I- contagion? Contagious, yeah, I think it might be, yeah, yeah, oh, out, some one of those. It's outbreak yeah. contagious, yeah, uh, all all those combined. But, Mayor uh, of Easttown, was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mayor of Easton, yeah. Which I honestly thought I was about a horse. <laughs> it was not. And you're like, why uh, is everyone freaking out? We'll yeah, find the when are they yes. gonna get to the horse? <laughs> Just a reboot of Black Beauty. What do I do? <laughs> Before we get into advice questions, one last question for you. Ooh, I'm ready. What about long-term relationships? You've had, like, it seems like you've, like, little bits here and there. Have there been any long-term relationships in the in the last Yeah, I had a couple of long-term relationships. I, it seems to be the same amount of time. Um, I think uh, in college, I was in a relationship for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the cutoff break for me. I feel like after two years, it either keeps going or I'm like, I think I'm good. And, and you know, uh, <laughs> and then I think the expiration for me is, like, two years. Uh, I was in a relationship after that for two years. Uh, and then after that, another relationship for two years. Uh, and it seems to be the expiration. And not to say that that's going to happen every time, but yeah. I think by two years in, you know how you're feeling and where it's going. I was talking to my friend about this. Uh, they live in Vancouver and they were dating someone for seven years. And their partner was like, you know, she kept, you know, saying, I I, I want to get married. You know, I want to get married. Like I, I don't want to have kids. And that, I get that because of if your maternal instincts like to have a child mm-hmm. and and you're getting older and now you're like, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. And as a mom, I want to be a young mom. And I need you to know if you want to be the dad. And then that, that kind of like pushed them over the edge. And they're like, I don't see myself marrying you. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. it's like that's seven years of that person's yeah. life. That unfortunately they'll never get back. <laughs> and now they got to restart with someone that ha- wants to have a baby soon and wants to get married. And I get it. I, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I always say it's, it's hard for everyone, but I can't even imagine being like, a woman in a relationship who wants to have a child because then it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, if you want to have a child, well, what's the the cutoff time, you know? Yeah. And is it like, I feel like dudes like can have babies. I mean, like my, my stepdad, like, you know, uh, fathered a child at like 67. Wow. Uh-huh, <laughs> so it was uh-huh. like, you know, it was just like, you had a child at 67. Like, it's like, most people would be like, I'm a granddad, you know? Uh, which by the way, at that point, he already was a granddad. He was a granddad and he was still having children. And I was like, damn, dad. Like, I was like, it's like, so, so men can like, you know, kind of yeah. whatever. But women, I feel like you can't really do that. Like you're, you know, past a certain age, it's hard on your body. And, and also the commitment. And you probably want to know like, hey, is my partner like in for this? Like, are we going to build a family? Uh, yeah. So, so I always think about that. It's just uh, two years for me. It seems to be the, <laughs> but maybe not the next one. Who knows? Exactly. If you're maybe you're the one. 
<laughs> You're young and in Hollywood. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just having fun. I'm literally just having fun right now. And also my schedule is kind of crazy. So um, it wouldn't be fair. The reason my last relationship ended was because of my schedule, because it wasn't fair to the person. Uh, I always come straight forward. Like I travel a lot. I, you know, I'm not going to be home for dinner at 5 PM, you know, and, um, and it's not fair to some people because they want that. They yeah. do want a, a, a partner to be home at five. They want to have stability when it comes to a schedule, uh, not crazy hours where you call them, you know, or they want to like talk to you, get, call me when you get out of work. And I'm like, I get out of work at 4 a.m. after a 16 hour <laughs> shift. And it's just like, I'm probably going to text because I know if I talk, you're going to want to talk for an hour and I need to go to sleep because I need to be up in three hours as a, or, you know, turnaround, whatever. Uh, and they're like, well, I want to talk. And it's like, then you, you should definitely be with someone who gives you that. Yeah. And it's not fair to you, you know? And so that's kind of the relationship last time was because it wasn't fair to them. It wasn't fair that they, that they, this business is not compatible with everyone. And it's kind of like a crazy schedule. So, so that's why a lot of actors end up dating other actors because they get it. They're like, yeah, up at five tomorrow, babe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's true. Well, it's also to like the ebb and the flow, right? Because normally when you're meeting somebody, you're having, you're in a downtime, right? So like when you first start dating, you're like, yeah, I'm hanging out. I'm here. That's why I'm dating in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like, Three months in, you're like, I booked it. And then suddenly this person who they were hanging out with regularly slash probably all the time is now gone. You know what I mean? Like there's no kind of in between. It's like literally like I'm not working and I'm here or I'm working and I will just see you when I see you. Yeah. yeah. Like call time's 5 a.m. Would you like to uh, have dinner at Crafty at the CBS <laughs> yeah. Rashford yeah. lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meet me at the lot and we'll have some or a Crafty. Please. Sometimes Andy, I'll be like, can you just come pick me up? He'll like yeah. pick me up from the lot and I'm like, this is a nice date. We talked in the car and, <laughs> and we caught up and now I'm going to go to bed. And yeah. It's like a perfect. Thank you. <laughs> this, the, I mean, look, obviously we're just like talking on a podcast, so I don't know. But like, it seems though that like you seem pretty matter of fact about it. Is this like, are these like fraught decisions for you or are you just like, well, I just don't have the time. Well, I'm really upfront about obviously if I if I get serious with somebody, I'm just like just to you know like you know uh, I work really hard at my craft and uh, and sometimes you know even coming home after like you know doing a really maybe depressing scene or a really dramatic scene or and you're still on that like mental wave and you're like you need to like decompress when you get home. I always compare it to like this episode that I saw one time of Sex and the City when Sarah Jessica Parker's character comes in and someone's there and I guess they always say, hey, babe, what's that? Like the first thing in the door. And then she's like, can you just shut up for like two minutes? I'm going to go in there and just leave me alone. Like it's just like, and it was, and at first when I saw that episode, I was like, oh my gosh, she's being so rude at me. And then I, it wasn't until like, oh my God, I get it. Because it's like, I, when I get home sometimes, I don't want any Whoopi Goldberg said, I don't want anyone in my damn house. (laughs) (laughs) Like I get home and I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anyone because I'm just like, I just cried for like 12 takes and I'm emotionally drained and I need to go in the room and just be like, you know, uh, so there's certain things that I'm really straightforward. Like, I'm like, I'm going to need some like quiet time. Uh, sometimes I'm not going to just always want to hang out after like, you know, work and whatnot, because when I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm the most romantic person you've ever met. And that's when I call it like the hiatus. When I'm on hiatus of the show or something, I'm yeah. the most romantic. We go on trips. I surprise you. Like I'm just the most romantic. And as soon as work starts again and work mode happens, all right, see ya. You know, just like because I worked really hard to get where I'm at. And uh, the one thing I promised myself a long time was that I wouldn't jeopardize 
my first goal, which was like making my dream, you know, come true. And, Uh, and you're going to find someone in your relationship and your life that is compatible with that because I shouldn't have to sacrifice my dream uh, to make someone feel comfortable in a relationship. They should feel comfortable in the relationship knowing that I love them. And just because I go to work for six months or two weeks or in uh, 16 hours that I don't, that I stop loving them. I go away for, to make the dream happen. So I continue to make our dream of like being together and travel and all that happen as well. So we can't sacrifice one dream to make the other dream feel valid. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I was going to, that's what I was thinking when it's like, was this fraud? I'm like, no, you were the kid who went and collected bottles. You ain't playing, right? Yeah. You, you knew your eye was on the prize well before romance was even a thing. Yeah. So that it's like, yeah, it makes sense to me that it would just be like, okay, this is me, honey. We yeah. Like yeah. This and I almost didn't do that because I remember my first, it was my first college relationship where I got a job that would take me to Japan for 13 months and I was dating someone and uh, they made me feel so guilty that I almost turned down the job. It was my first gig ever. Uh And they were like, so you're going to leave. And it's like, well, I just, it's my, like, it's a good opportunity. And think of like, you know, you can come visit and and it's like, wow, you're going to leave. And I was like, well, and then, so I was about to like call and turn down. And it turns out this person was already emotionally talking to someone else. Okay. (laughs) And I was like, okay, see, I was about, See, never again, never mm-hmm. again. Like I almost jeopardized my dream because I felt so bad that I was making. Well, meanwhile, you were already talking to someone. Like it's just like no, never, because no one's ever gonna look after you like you're gonna look after you. And that was the thing that I came up with like, that that moment. And then since then, I was like, I'm gonna be straightforward. I'm the best partner, the most romantic person you ever meet, but I'm not sacrificing my dream to make you feel comfortable in this relationship. Yeah. Ah. Ah, okay, that's a right. word. That's yes. a word. That's a mood, honey. That's a sermon. That's a sermon. So I've been, and we're talking on a Sunday. So Sunday. Harvey gave us a sermon. And I hope if you're listening, honey, you're feeling Jesus. <laughs> All right. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we get back, we're going to answer your advice questions. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. with Harvey Guillen, honey, to hear, help you handle your scandal. Now, Harvey, honey, we get DMs. We get the DMs on Insta. We get the DMs on Twitter. We get emails at Gmail. We get voicemails. These people are coming to us all kinds of ways. And we just have to open our hearts and loosen our butts for them. 
Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. This first one's a voicemail. Okay. Hi, Andy and Naomi. This is Holly. I am a first-time, long-time girly. Um, I am in my 30s. I am happily married to my very own Jubu. Um, I don't know if he loves when I say that or call him that. But regardless, um, something that has come up repeatedly for us in our seven years of marriage is that I come from a shouting family. Like, it was super normal in my family for, you know, everybody gets upset, whatever, there's a fight, and we boil over and scream at each other really loud, and then everybody feels better, and we're like, cool, great, let's go to a lobster or whatever. Um, But my husband comes from more of a, like, his parents got divorced when he was very small, shouting is trauma type of situation. So, which I'm very sympathetic to. I obviously am very sympathetic to that. Um, but in the heat of the moment, I mean, seven years of marriage, we fight, people fight. And in the heat of the moment, my boil over, like, mm-hmm. trigger obviously still gets activated. So the screaming comes out at a volume. You know, things <laughs> come out. And I sh- and the shouting, it does happen. Um <laughs> And I know, you know, it doesn't always go so well, and obviously. But then, on the other hand, if I don't, occasionally there are times that I don't say anything about an issue for fear of the way that maybe I would communicate it and that there would be more shouting happening. So then, obviously, if you don't talk about the problem, that turns into its own set of problems, yada, yada, so on and so forth. So... My question, I guess, is do you relate to this dynamic? How do you navigate this dynamic? Especially because, okay, objectively, my thing is the worst thing, right? Like, I'm the asshole. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) shouting is not the preferred communication method. But we're in a marriage and fighting happens. And so, like, at face value, I get that I'm the asshole. But it's still an ingrained, like, part of me that this is an effective way to communicate. So, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Thank you to two comedians who I am asking for marriage advice. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> that was the best button to end. <laughs> well, that's true. So uh, you know what to expect. Um, yeah. Uh, so Harvey, I mean, you have a bunch of siblings. You mentioned. Um, I mean, yeah, we come from a shouting to- family too. Oh, so I was, yeah. I was relating to that. I was like, yeah, it's pretty normal. I was thinking about this the other day because I'm. I'm I'm the quiet one in the family, what? which is so crazy to me because when people meet me, they're like, wow, you're so out there. You're so full of life and volume. Um, and I was just like me. And I was like, oh, um, because my family is in customer shouting fam. And and also that translates over when someone does get angry with someone, you know, uh, it's like really loud. Uh, but it's become like the norm. It's like they love big and they scream big. But I think this we've gotten to a good point, like for me anyways, where I don't do that. Like I don't, don't get into a shouting match with anyone. Um, it doesn't serve, uh, you know, your purpose. Uh, so I imagine being married for seven years and you do have to, you know, conflict and how to resolve that. Um, what I've come to realize that, um, there's like a word that they like, if someone, cause it's hard to be in the moment and know if you're being, mm-hmm. uh, passive aggressive or you're being, uh, combative you know you're trying to like are you trying to fight me are you trying so when it gets to feels like this escalating like i call it the volcano you know when it's starting to almost erupt it's when you stop before the eruption and be like and it's like using like a keyword like i use it 
if I'm upsetting or something, or if my, if my sister thinks, you know, uh, I'm, I'm being a jerk or something, uh, she'll use a keyword, you know, and she'll see like, Hey, um, break, you know, or something like, Oh, she'll say like time or something like, you know, timeout or something. Uh, and that's like the code for like, before we get into what we're going to about to go down, mm-hmm. we let's take a second and then like, or why don't we step away and then revisit this when we're, let's not get to that point, you know, uh-huh. which is not easy word. to do. <laughs> it's a safe word basically. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not easy for everyone to do because that's why people, it starts off with this, you know, a little pinch or a little like, you know, jab and, uh, and death by a thousand small cuts begins, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then eventually you're just yelling. Um, so what works for me, like if any relationship, whether it's like, you know, uh, and it's hard because sometimes you're in the moment you're like really passionate about something you're like i'm gonna step away you know and you gotta step away because i'm I'm not a physical person mm-hmm. i don't like confrontation like that and so um and some people do some people are like ready to like throw down and it's like i'm not fighting you know what i mean like i'm not doing that and it's just like but it's i've gotten to the point where like oh my god i wish i was a fighter you know because i'm able to hear but i think maybe a safe word <laughs> safe word would be the the way to do it but also respecting that that's someone's trauma is also triggering i always think about when i go to my like when i was little and i would go to my friend's house for dinner and stuff i must have been so loud and, and, I, and I just thought everyone's family i remember going to like my friend uh ton's house and you know the eating dinner at the table and everyone's very quiet you know I'm very like respectful and other like just quiet. And I was just talking the whole time. Like I was like, and then we went, remember we went to that place and then blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, Hmm, you know, uh, and every, every family is different, but every dynamics different. You know um, I sometimes, you know, I people watched for like character development. So I used to go to the mall when I was in high school and just sit that, it sounds creepy now. <laughs> because people lead with different parts of their body. You know, they lead with their forehead, they lead with their chest, they lead with their hips, they lead. So everyone leads with a different part. And like, you just can tell a story by just watching someone's movement and how they interact with each other, how they're submissive, how they're the alpha, how that like, you know, everyone uh, already carries all these elements and you could tell who's a fighter. You know, you could tell who like, you don't want to fight that guy. That guy is, will, is waiting for a reason. Like you, you see this guy walk in and the way he carries himself, He's just looking for someone to make eye contact with him. He's like, what are you looking at? You know, because he's ready to punch. And that's right. his aura. That's what he's presenting. That's a, his defense mechanism, maybe. You know, that's how he he knows how to react to people. And then there's people who you could tell would never want to even have a conversation. Like, they're quiet and, like, mousy, you know. And it's just like, not everyone has the same language. So everyone has to come to happy medium ground and have some kind of safe word and be like, I don't want to fight. And I know you want to fight. Why don't we just meet halfway? And then what's the problem? Let's just resolve the problem, you know? Yeah. 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 Let's meet yeah. halfway and fight someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I used to, so I come from a, a charity family too. And I know that like for a long time up until, I don't know, Naomi, when do you want to, when, uh, when do you want to put the demarcation line? <laughs> uh, to me, fights with people were like uh, battles for to the death. Like, oh. like my ego needs to uh, dominate the other person's ego. Uh-huh. I need to be the supreme person. And, <laughs> um, you know, 50% of the time I would realize halfway through an argument that I was wrong, but you're I too would, late. You're already yep. too deep. You're too, too deep. Bed, so I would just try to exhaust the other person, even though like I real like the, <laughs> the logic in my head was like, no, 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 they're right. You're wrong. You better like, you better like yeah. do something. And, and, then it, and that's like the thing, right? Okay, if you're, was it a physical or you was verbal? Like verbal. This, oh, yeah. Yeah. See, the thing is with me, like, I don't get physical, but I, yeah, the same way. Like, my words can sometimes cut you deep. You know what I mean? And so for me, I have a friend, uh, Sarah French, who said this once and she said, 
because uh, I, I got into a verbal uh, confrontation with one of our friends because um, this is something really disrespectful to the other friend. And I called him out on it. And I was like, well, that's not good. And it's like, well, I can. And they were trying to be snarky and like, I can do whatever I want. And it's like, no, you can't, you know, and it's like, you got to be held responsible for your action, you know? And so I, I started a, a verbal thing and it was like, uh, I think it was like on, uh, on, our, on our Facebook page or something where it was just like back and forth and everyone's watching this and just like eating popcorn and watching, like, chat. And then, uh, and then my friend Sarah's like, you know, Harvey's like, I will never get into a fight with you because I will race you. I will race you at my, like, you know, on a mile marathon. I will never get into a fight with you because you have a way with words where like, it's like, I was just watching that and watching that other person just slow slowly just come undone and crumble into dust. And I was like, yeah, I'm really good with words. I'm really quick with my words, you know, and you throw me something. Oh no. And then they come back with like with the wounds, like, no, but I'm still going to like, nope, no, 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 no. And like again, and eventually you're just like a pile of dust. And it's like, I won't fight you physically, but you don't want to go head, you know, uh, head to head with me on like a verbal fight because I won't back down. Like you said, you know, like, it's just like, what it's even if I may be in the wrong, which I don't say I'm, I'm in the wrong because, um, I pick my battles really wisely, but yeah, once you go in with words, it's like, it's over. <laughs> okay. Yes. You have been warned. Okay. Yes. If you're listening to this and you run into Harvey and you want to start something, <laughs> you already been warned. He done told you. So. <laughs> but this is the thing. So uh, I don't, that's why I said, I don't know what, when you want to like put the demarcation line. This is uh, obviously like after I started therapy. At some point, I learned that if I was wrong and I recognized that and like I was paying attention in the moment, say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Say, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. And just end it there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's my that's my uh, real like conflict resolution <laughs> knowledge that I've yeah. gained in yeah. this life. Stopping it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but it's also the same thing to me, with me like early on. Like, I'm a black woman. We loud. And like people think we're angry when we're not. And that was like a big thing when Andy and I kind of in the early years where he would be like, you know how like nothing makes you madder than somebody telling you to relax. So oh, yeah. he would be like, he'd be like, it's fine or something like that. And it's like, and he had to learn because there are times where I'm just loud, but I'm actually not mad. You know, it's yeah. more like the passion of it. So I'm like, it did take us time to almost kind of figure out our cultural language around that because he's loud if he's fighting, whereas like I'm just loud if I'm heated about anything. Yeah. You know, and just kind of being like, okay, we're not fighting right now. But also the one last thing I would say before we do our second question is like, this person, Holly, needs to also like when you're mad about something but you're afraid about how it's going to come out write it down first just so you have it and let it go because that's the one thing I don't like is when you said sometimes I just don't say anything at all because I'm worried it's going to come out bad so like write it down so you have it and you get it out and you get clear about what it is you're actually mad about and then like when you're not so heated you already kind of have your thoughts collected and you know the language you want to use. And then when you're not mad, you can be like, hey, can we talk about X, Y, or Z? Like how Andy don't want me leaving all my clothes hanging over chairs. And I said, <laughs> okay, fine. But he has got to tell me that in a calm moment. And I do. <laughs> exactly. You have to do it calmly. Okay, we have one more question. All right. Well, actually, why don't we do this? This is another voicemail. Okay, I love a voicemail. All right, here we go. Hi, I'm calling. I have a question about my girlfriend. We've been together for seven years. She's currently unemployed, and I am working and going to school. She is a Palestinian princess and a domestic goddess and usually, like, holds down the house. Like, we work together, but she definitely does her fair share plus. And she's a great cook, which is amazing. But since she's been unemployed this last year, she has, not the whole year, but, like, recently stopped doing anything in the house. 
and we also adopted a new cat, which was, like, her idea, which is great. But then, like, it's gotten so bad to the point that she, like, the other day dropped a piece of toast, left it there, went out and did some shit, came back, and the toast was still on the floor. And I'm, like, not as organized as she is, but, like, I can't handle toast on the floor. <laughs> Anyways, my question is, is it my turn to just pick up the slack and hold it down, even though I'm working and going to school? because she's done it for so long or is there some type of happy medium we need to figure out anyways thank you i love you guys bye <laughs> toast oh, on the floor toast on the floor that is what what a beautiful picture for what depression is like exactly it's like you're not working and you're like fuck it i hate everything i mean would you go through your did you ever go through depression mode harvey when you like weren't working you know or have you dated someone yes with depression yeah, um, I have uh, because, you know, especially, you know, dating other actors, there's like highs and lows and like you're not always on the same high. You know, it's like someone's like working, the other one's not, uh, which is, you know, it gets a little bit, uh, yeah, depressive, I guess, or melancholy or even competitive, actually, you know, and just like and that's not healthy. Um, but yeah, um, how to deal with that is that. Well, there's obviously something happening, right? Like there's something, uh, th- th- this pandemic, obviously she said it herself before she was like on point, like she's the most organized person like this. And th- so something is happening. So something needs to be addressed. Maybe it is, is her turn to like, say, I don't want to like, you know, I don't care anymore. I'm like, but we need to like talk about it, you know, cause otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, it, it builds up and it becomes kind of, um, you know, passive aggressive. And it just like, it becomes like this, uh, she left toast on the floor. And then wait, is that, is it, you know, when like, <laughs> I don't compare it to like animals, but when they, they, they're mad at you, you know, they'll show you something like maybe the toast was a sign. Like if it's like, <laughs> you know, like the toast is like, if, if they saw you s- see them drop the toast and they left it there and you still didn't engage in conversation and mm-hmm. because you didn't want to be offensive and be like, Hey, pick up your fucking toast. You know, you didn't want to do that. So there's clearly not a dialogue happening. Right. So there's clear, like she left the toast, walked away, came back and still the toast was there. And we're like, and at that point I was like, but at any point did you tell her to pick up the toast, you know, or did you ask her why did she drop the toast? Never did she say that. Right. It's not that I heard of in the conversation right now, but it seems like she may be dropping hints of like, you know, it's like those, when you see those commercials, like when you check in with your friends, be like, check in with your partner, you know, and be like, Hey, it's been tough. Right. Right. It's like, what, what's on your mind? Like, what, what do you, uh, what, what can I do? What can I do? Do you want me to pick up some slack? I know that it's been crazy and blah, blah. We just got a cat. And like, is that a sign? You know, it's just like, it was your idea. Like, is this like, so are all these like hints of like, you know, toast, let's get a cat, but I'm not going to take care of it, you know? And just like, you know, are these signs of like, I want to have a conversation. There's something deeper there. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but from what I hear, I would have been like, oh, those are like, a, you know, they, 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 yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy year for everyone, you know, but it's also like now that things are picking up and then some of the habits you picked up in the middle of the pandemic um, linger into when we go back to normality, then clearly something's not right, you know, or, and people are allowed to change it. And we can shift and be like, okay, now I'm the slacker and you be the one who goes out and like works, you know, 15 hour days or whatever, but then have that conversation, you know, be like, I'm not doing the dishes anymore. I've done it for the last two years. We're switching role. So that's a dialogue. And I don't think there's a dialogue happening where, um, what, why did you leave the toast there? <laughs> that's my biggest thing. Why is there toast on the floor? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, cry for help. I didn't think about that when yeah. I heard this. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I also think, too, because the caller, you're saying, you're like, I work and I go to school. So I know you're yeah. busy. So I think what another thing, too, to kind of get that conversation started, first of all, like, yes, honey, what is this toast about? But then also... <laughs> You need to know before you go in what you're capable of doing. 
So for instance, if you are like, I really don't want to fuck with laundry, but I will do the dishes or I will clean the litter box. I think it's, it's going to help you to go in and say, Hey, would it help you if I took, took up X, Y, and Z that are things you can do? Because don't say you're going to do some stuff that you're really mad about doing. And then every time you come home, you just huffing and puffing as you do the thing. Yeah. So you have to be really like, know that going in and like offer that up first. And the cat. What about the cat? Like, let's get a cat and I'm going to take care of the cat. It was her idea. And that sounds passive aggressive too, right? (laughs) Like it was like, it was her idea. And it's just like, sounds like you're not, this conversation should be had with your partner saying like, I didn't really care to get a cat, but if we're going to get a cat, I didn't want to get the cat. So we're going to split the duties or we're not, we shouldn't bring, it's like bringing a child into a loveless marriage. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) don't have a child. If you're not like, it's like the child will save us, you know? And that's not that I'm saying absolutely (laughs) not thinking about this relationship. I'm using as an example. I'm saying like, don't bring a third party and like not something, another thing to add to your list. You got toast on the floor. You don't have time to take care of a cat. Like you got to, the cat was going to eat the toast. Uh, yeah. When she said there was toast on the floor, I said, okay, the cat going to eat the toast. Now we have a problem. It's like, yes, it's like a couple on the rocks that opens up their relationship. Yep. Where they're like, this is going to do it. This is the thing that like. This is, like this, this saying, is good yeah. for us, right? This is good yeah. for us. Oops, I dropped the toast. Uh, <laughs> gritted teeth, their eyes like wide open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly. So uh-huh. yeah, direct conversation. Ask your Palestinian princess what is going on. I love the phrase Palestinian princess. But also just like be like, what, what are you feeling? What do you need? This is what I can provide. And then you kind of find out what happens from there. Yeah. It can be yeah. done. It can be done. And it's so true. It's like the ebb and the flow. And also, I will say this as someone who is in a, uh, a relationship with someone who has depression, mm-hmm. is that you you have to know what um, – you have to know that it's not uh, forever mm-hmm. and that for a certain amount of time, you're just going to have to pick up the slack while that person is feeling their feelings. Mm-hmm. That's while so nice, Andy. Think- and that's a good partner. That's a That's a good partner. <laughs> You know, and that's a good connection and, and dialogue happening and knowing that like that's going to happen. So maybe that is the case here. That's like, well, you have to have that dialogue, you know, and like conversation. If they, if they are going through depression, then be open about it, you know, and be like, oh, this is what's going on. And be like, OK, well, I'm going to pick I'm going to do the dishes and I'm going to pick up your toast. Uh, and it's not for uh, it's not forever. I'm not going right. to pick up the toast forever because it's not going to last forever. But I will do it because I love you and I love you. And I and thank you for communicating that with me, you know? Yeah. 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 That actually seems like a nice place to end. Oh, we did good. Okay, this was good. This was Harvey. good. Harvey, thank Harvey. you so much. Harvey, Harvey we're such Thanks fans for having you. Me. And then you came here and you just gave us your heart. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, you guys, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.